0: Smarter Parenting welcomes you to our podcast series, The Parenting Coach for ADHD. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Hey everybody, how are you? I hope you're doing well. This is Siope. I am your host here at the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Today we're going to be talking about corporal punishment and why it doesn't work. And so I'm going to cover three very specific issues when we're talking about corporal punishment. And if you're a parent with a child who has behavioral issues, this happens quite a bit where people say, well, they just need a good spanking or maybe they need to be punished. Some type of corporal punishment should be appropriate. What I'm here to tell you is it's not appropriate and actually has long-term damaging effects to your relationship and also to your child's sense of safety and wellness especially with your relationship with your child. So we're going to be talking about that. There are three specific areas that I want to cover during this podcast. And by the end, I want you to be able to know what you can do and what you should do when you're confronted with difficult behaviors instead of using corporal punishment. Before we continue, I do need to make you aware about Smarter Parenting, where we come from. So Smarter Parenting is a division of the Utah Youth Village. And the Utah Youth Village is a respected nonprofit organization focusing on youth and family services, and we've been doing it for over 51 years. The critical work done by Smarter Parenting is made possible by the generous contributions from individuals, private foundations, and companies who believe in the shared mission of Smarter Parenting and the Utah Youth Village. All divisions of Utah Youth Village base their treatment approach on the teaching family model which is what I discuss with you in implementing these skills. The skills come from the teaching family model. The Village is nationally accredited by the Teaching Family Association, and you're going to hear me continuously reference this model during podcasts and actually during coaching sessions. If you would like to help the Smarter Parenting team further our mission of healing and elevating the lives of children and families around the world, please consider making a donation on our website at youthvillage.org. Again, that's youthvillage.org. Please click the Donate Now link to explore your options. And donations of any size help us immensely in furthering our mission and helps the lives of children and families around the world. I needed to be sure that you understood that. We're grateful to be here and grateful for the Utah Youth Village which makes it possible, including people who donate and people who believe in this mission of reaching out to families wherever they may be around the world. So let's talk about corporal punishment. I want to tell you why this podcast came into existence. There are a couple of factors. And then I want to cover the history of corporal punishment for children in schools Because I think that it is important to understand, once I explain how this podcast came to be, where there seems to be a disconnect in our ability to help children with behavioral issues move forward and be successful and what is being allowed to happen in schools. I'm going to talk about the cost to children and families that happen when you use corporal punishment. And then why there is a better way. That's what I want to end with is why there is a better way to do things. Let's talk about how this podcast came to be. First off, I've had a lot of parents who have contacted me through the coaching sessions and they've communicated to me that they have parents or they have grandparents who have observed some of the negative behaviors from their children and have recommended spanking or hitting of some form in order to get their child to behave or to get them to listen. Now, it's a difficult, difficult thing when you're hearing that come from a loved one or a family member, especially because you have emotional ties to these people who are telling you, hey, just spank your child until they obey you. And when you, as a parent, don't want to do that, you Don't feel like it's appropriate or it's right, and you want to focus on relationship. I do have to give a shout out to the parents out there that are in this boat because it is not easy to stand up to that kind of pressure. It's very difficult, especially because you want your child to conform, you want them to be a part of the family. And yet at the same time, you do not want to put them through things that are similar to what you went through as a child. And that takes a lot of guts. That really does take a lot of internal fortitude. So if you're one of the parents that grew up in a home where spanking happened all the time and you now choose to not spank your children, you want to find a different way to do it, my hat's off to you because that is a lesson in and of itself. You saw what happened to you and you're saying, I'm not going to do that to my child. I'm going to find a different way. I've received a lot of parents who have called in about this issue, about corporal punishment and what to do with parents and grandparents who are making this recommendation. Well, a couple of weeks ago, there was a news story that broke about a principal who used corporal punishment with a student in the school. So the student apparently scratched the side of a computer and it cost around $40. The mother was called into the school and they spanked the child in front of the mother. If you haven't seen the video, it's very disturbing. I don't know if I'd recommend you go look at it. But it does show two school workers with the principal with the paddle spanking the child. The other one is telling the child how to stand. After the first hit, the child recoils in pain and is crying and the mother pulls out her phone and she's recording, but she's recording secretly. Now, you may wonder why the mother didn't intervene or why she didn't you know, say something at the time. The mother doesn't speak English very well. There are some other factors that were at play. She was unsure exactly of where her boundaries are. And we as parents are not going to judge that part of it because we have been there. We know when we are stuck in a situation where we don't know what to do. Sometimes we're just frozen. We're stuck. We're absolutely stuck. So, and our kids, sometimes when they misbehave, sometimes they don't know how to respond. So, you know, fight, flight, or freeze. Sometimes we freeze. So this new story came out a couple of weeks ago, and I've been following the story, and there are no repercussions for the principal for this type of behavior. Because the discipline that she implemented with this child is actually acceptable, okay? That's why I want to talk about the history of corporal punishment and where we are right now and how in the broader sense of society, and this is where maybe your grandparents or your parents are operating from, is this different mindset on disciplining children. They were trying to figure out if it should be banned here in the United States, but it hasn't been banned. So in 1977, the U.S. Supreme Court found that the Eighth Amendment, which prohibits cruel and unusual punishment, did not apply to school students, meaning that teachers could use physical punishment without parental permission. So there is no federal ban on corporal punishment. Though the practice has steadily declined over time, more than 106,000 children were physically punished at U.S. public schools during the 2013-2014 school year, and that's the most recent year for which there's national data, and this is according to the Education Department Office for Civil Rights. Now, critics of corporal punishment are quick to note that such discipline is not evenly distributed. So experts have found that black students, boys, and disabled students are disproportionately the subjects of sanctioned violence in school or spankings or some type of corporal punishment. Now the state that I live in, I live in Utah. Utah banned corporal punishment in schools in 1992, but it did leave a caveat. And that caveat is that if a parent does give written permission a teacher can, can implement corporal punishment. So it's interesting. There is no federal law banning corporal punishment. The states have stepped in and said, yeah, in some states, we don't allow it. In some states, we do. And here in Utah, where I live, we don't allow it unless there's permission from the parent. The Center for Effective Discipline in Columbus, Ohio, lists that in 2008, there were over 223 1,190 students that were being punished this way through corporal punishment in schools. Now, that seems pretty alarming. I mean, we live in 2021 right now, and to think that children will go to school and be hit by a teacher or by an administrator for negative behaviors is still legal in some states. It's kind of shocking that Other techniques are not being implemented or used. Now, I will say that the education of teachers has improved over time. They have maintained this level of professionalism and working with students. And so teachers are finding alternative ways to deal with negative behaviors. So I'm not saying all teachers do this. I'm not saying all administrators do this. But what I'm saying is the law does not punish teachers for corporal punishment. And in fact, the law doesn't have an opinion either way, whether or not your child gets hit by an adult for negative behaviors in school. Now, since the year 2000, the American Academy of Pediatrics has called for a ban in schools of corporal punishment. And in 2018, the organization warned that parents should also avoid all physical and verbal abuse of children, calling it minimally effective in the short term and not effective in the long term. Meaning, yeah, you'll get results immediately because your child has to respond to being hit, but in the long term, it's not effective at all. With new evidence, and this is continuing the quote, With new evidence, researchers link corporal punishment to an increased risk of negative behavioral, cognitive, psychosocial, and emotional outcomes for children. You have to think about this whole concept of, you know, do we hit children? Do we not hit children? We do not hit children, okay? We teach children. These are opportunities to teach our children how they should behave and what they need to do rather than hitting them and saying, hey, I'm bigger than you, so I make the rules. I'm stronger than you, so I'm in charge, right? We want to teach them, hey, there are consequences to behavior, There are appropriate ways to do things. These are the ways that we can address these negative behaviors. Let's talk about the second point, which is, what is the cost of corporal punishment for children? Disciplining young children is what parents are supposed to do. As many parents know, few disciplinary measures stop a child from misbehaving as quickly as a swift smack or two on the bottom. But in a study published in Pediatrics in 2010, Researchers at Tulane University provided the strongest evidence yet that children's short term response to spanking may make them act out more in the long run. Of the nearly 2,500 youngsters in this study, those who were spanked more frequently at age three were much more likely to be aggressive by age five. The study led by community health science professors, and particularly Catherine Taylor, that's her name. And don't worry, I'm going to leave all of this in the notes. So you can jump over to the podcast notes and and gather this information. But Catherine Taylor was the first to control for a host of issues affecting the mother, such as depression, alcohol, and drug use, spousal abuse, and even whether she considered abortion while pregnant with the child. After controlling for these factors, each of which can contribute to a child's aggression, spanking remained a strong predictor of violent behavior. So despite all these other issues that may be going on, and she did take into account all of the other factors, she found that spanking remained a strong predictor of violent behavior. Quote, The odds of a child being more aggressive at age 5 increased by 50% if he had been spanked more than twice in the month before the study began. Now, the association remained even after her team accounted for varying levels of natural aggression in children, suggesting, she says, that it's not just that children who are now more aggressive are more likely to be spanked. Among mothers surveyed in 20 cities when their children were both 3 and 5 years old, nearly half, 45.6% reported not spanking their 3-year-olds in the previous month. 27.9% reported spanking once or twice that month, and 26.5% reported spanking more than twice. As five-year-olds, the children who had been spanked were more likely than the non-spanked to be defiant, demand immediate satisfaction of their wants and needs, became frustrated easily, have temper tantrums, and lash out physically against other people or animals. The reason for this may be that spanking sets up a loop of bad behavior. Corporal punishment instills fear rather than understanding. Even if children stop tantrums when spanked, that doesn't mean they get why they shouldn't have been acting up in the first place. Spanking sets a bad example. Teaching children that aggression or aggressive behavior is a solution to their parents' problems teach them that, hey, this is how I'm going to solve my own problem. There's now some nice hard data that can back all of this up. Okay, So it's interesting in the study how they were able to observe this rise in defiant behavior because children were spanked. Now, if you're a parent who spanked your child when they were young, there's still hope, of course, because, again, you can begin to teach And you can begin to model appropriate ways to deal with frustration, anger. Children learn by watching. Children learn by doing. Children learn by having the experience. And you can still teach them how to deal with these difficult emotions by the way that you handle these difficult emotions. Okay? So what do they recommend? The um, American Academy of Pediatrics recommends timeouts, and other interventions that teach and don't punish. The goal is to get children to understand not just that they did something wrong, but also what motivated them to do it and how to fix it, right? So there is a better way to do this. Now, I want to talk about a family that I worked with coaching just for a short time, Christina and her kids. She's a single mother, and Christina, in working through this whole issue She was married and her husband at the time used corporal punishment as a way to teach the children. And once he was no longer in the picture, Christina was dealing with a lot of aggressive behaviors from the children. And so we wanted to work through how do we teach her children to deal with difficult emotions, how to work through all of the anger, frustration that they may possibly feel, and With Christina, the whole thing had to come back to the way Christina was going to behave in front of her children when she felt this way. But one of the things that I asked her to do is to give her emotion at the time a title or a label or to tell her children what she's feeling. So in a way, she could prepare them and let them know, right now I'm feeling frustrated. This is what I'm choosing to do so I can calm down. That was the wording that we were going to use. So with Christina, she was going to do a check-in with her emotions. Happy, sad, frustrated, angry, upset, joyful. She was going to label these emotions and then she was going to model or display exactly how to deal with those behaviors. And if you notice, we didn't focus on only negative behaviors. We also focused on positive behaviors. And the reason that I had Christina do this both for positive and negative is I wanted Christina to be able to help her children to understand there are appropriate ways to be happy about something. With her children, it seemed to be extreme. She would have an angry child who would be super reactive. And then when they were Happy, they would be hyperactive. And so there was almost no in between of how to behave in certain situations. So the goal was for Christina, as much as possible, to label all the emotions she's feeling and then demonstrate to her children what she was going to do. Now, in order to make this work, we had to outline specifically what she was going to do when she became angry. We came across breathing deeply. As an exercise to help her shoulders relax and her body not tense up as much. So we practiced that and we practiced it using those words. Okay, I'm feeling angry right now. This is what I'm going to do to calm down. And then we practiced it. We role played it back and forth. I did it so she could see what it would look like. Then I had her do it so she could feel what it was supposed to be like. And this whole role play back and forth between us through Zoom, because we're doing. Our appointments to resume, obviously, she lives in a different uh, state than I do helped prepare her for the next week. So she was to identify her her emotions the next day, four or five times to her children, and then react or she was to um, you know behave in the way that she felt was appropriate. We had to practice, though, the negative behaviors with very specific things because When you're in the moment, it's a lot harder to do. So when she's angry, it was deep breaths. When she's frustrated, she was going to close her eyes and use positive imagery. And we chose things that she could do, but also things that she felt her children could do. Things that they could model as well. Now, when I met with Christina the next week, she was amazed, amazed at how well this worked. Because what she found is her youngest child noticed this type of behavior from her mother and decided to implement it or copy her while she was going through these moments, these emotions. So when Christina would say, okay, I am angry right now. I'm going to take some deep breaths. She found that her youngest daughter would come right by her and start taking deep breaths too. And this is the way children learn. They learn by observing which is why corporal punishment is so not effective. Because when you hit a child, you literally give them permission to hit another person when they're feeling frustrated. So why not teach them more effective ways of dealing with the negative behaviors? So Christina noticed this change in her her youngest child. Now, the older child thought it was dumb. However, over time, These things started to take root. As they watched Christina implement this herself and then practice it with her youngest daughter and then eventually with her older daughter, things started to fall into place. They started to have a new vocabulary. They had a new way of communicating about these things that was more effective than just reacting to everything that happened to them. It was a very intentional exercise. Now, Christina only needed two visits in a coaching session, and we were able to handle that, and she moved on. I I think that's the benefit of being able to go through a coaching session is, hey, let's just focus in on specifically what you're working through. Let me give you some tips and some techniques that you can use, and then you can implement those things. Now, as she was doing this and working through this, we did include the skill of following instructions with her children. We wanted her children to follow her instructions on how to calm down. So follow my instructions. I want you to say what you're feeling, and then I want you to demonstrate what you're going to do to calm down or to work through that emotion. We had the children practicing uh, this when they started to feel frustrated. Hey, we've practiced following instructions. I'm going to help you through this. And they were able to calm down. It's a wonderful thing, wonderful, wonderful thing. If there's anything that I want you to walk away with during this podcast, it's this. Corporal punishment may be legal in some places. It doesn't make it right. And for parents who are out there choosing to raise your children very differently than the way you were raised, my hat's off to you. It's not easy. It's not easy to hear criticisms or whisperings in the back or... Uh, judgmental thoughts from other people who are like, just spank your child and get on with it. Yeah, well, you've chosen a harder path because you want your children to have a better future. And so you've chosen a harder path. You can do it. You can absol- absolutely, absolutely do it. So implement those things. Uh, corporal punishment, not effective. Please don't do that. There are other ways. Our goal is to teach. The American Academy for Pediatrics recommends teaching to your child. And this is for their emotional, social, psychological, and physical well-being. So in closing, I just want to give another shout out to the Utah Youth Village. Thank you for your support and for those sponsors and those donors, people like you who listen, who are willing to help families around the world. So in conclusion, I just want to say, hey, To you, parents, keep at it. It's a lot of work. And I know you've chosen the harder path, but it will pay off. In the long run, your children will look back and they will be grateful for the approach that you took, for your focus on relationship, for your desire to meet them where they're at and to help them learn new things rather than punishing them and, you know, just really choosing a path that's not effective. And not recommended. It's not recommended. All right. That's it for me. And I will talk to you again next week. Take care, everyone.